0: college can be expensive but saving now can help your students save later give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a thousand dollar savings plan deposit for sixth through 12th graders sign up today at iowastudentloan.org register
1: arizona colorado indiana michigan new jersey tennessee and virginia listen up WinBet bet is now live in all these states and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNbet.com to start winning.
2: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Bronco's Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
1: So welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast, I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, no one in uh none of our competition is uh getting together at 6 p.m. mountain on a Sunday in the offseason to talk about the Denver Broncos. But that's what we love to do. We're sick maniacs. And even though right now, holy guacamole, geez, I almost cursed. Ethan, okay, we got to get this. We got to get this. Ethan, you're the man, dude. Thank you for that extreme, extreme generosity, my friend. Seriously, much love. I know uh, we don't get to see you as often on the evening shows, on the Huddle Up Pod too, but dude, just thank you so much, my friend. Everything you've done for this show, everything you do for MHH, you the man. I don't know what I can say that hasn't been said. Ethan, you are incredible. I, I mean –
3: our, our appreciation really knows no bounds when you support us like that. Thank you so much and for your generosity. And anything you want to know tonight, please, it'd be our honor to answer it. So, again, thank you, and uh, we're excited that you're watching the show tonight.
1: And, by the way, your Russell Wilson jersey is on its way to me, at which point it will be sent on its way to you. So that should be in the very near future. But, dude, what a, what a boost to open the show, Zach, is uh, Ethan throwing down. But, you know what, we don't have – A crap ton of news. There's quite a few things to go over from the weekend, but it's nothing big and breaking. Zach, the first thing, though, and this was something that the fellows over the weekend talked about, but we've got a new ownership possibility in the form of Rob Walton, the heir to the Walmart fortune, who is wading into things. And it looks like now that he's serious, it kind of shoulders out some of these other dudes unless they want to be even more serious. It could be a Walton owning the Denver Broncos, Zach. How do you feel about that? I just can't wait for a
3: great value field at mile high. There's just some corporate branding that I don't like associated with this potential purchase. You know, I think I was watching MHI last night and, uh, and Luke made a good point. Is it going to be an owner who's invested in the Broncos or just another toy for his portfolio? And I agree with that as well. I don't want a Jerry Jones, but I don't want someone that has no interest in football or Denver or bettering the team. Ideally it would have been a Boland stepping up and taking charge. That's not going to happen and this guy has the money. He's worth 70 billion with AB Dollars. He would be, I think, the richest owner in the NFL if you were to buy the Broncos. He's coming up with cold, hard cash, man, a bid in excess of $4 billion. I don't see anyone, anyone on the planet being able to match that. If he wants them, he's going to buy them. The Broncos have a responsibility to sell, not necessarily to the most qualified owner, but the richest owner and the, the one who's willing to cough up the most money.
1: So we'll see. Weird reports out there. Does Robert F. Smith, the United States richest black man, um, is he really in on trying to, we've had, you know, um, competing reports on that one saying he's in one saying, Nope, he's out. But the article that, uh, I read on Forbes covering this was, uh, made it sound like the NFL very much had expectations of Robert Smith being involved in these bids And as elated as I'm sure the league's going to be to see the Broncos sold for a veritable mint. I mean, it could end up approaching $5 billion because competition, you know, it raises things, right? Demand, when you talk about supply, demand, small supply, it's only one team. But if the demand relative to these different billionaire groups is high, it's only going to jack the price up. I mean, it's an auction. If you've ever bid on something on eBay, you understand how it works. The more people that are involved in that bid the more you know the price is going to go high. And the NFL was really hoping that I think Robert F. Smith would be able to kind of shoulder to the front of this thing. But I can't see how – now, we don't know all the names, Zach, of everyone who's involved in this bidding process. I think it was uh, Joe Ellis. I think it said it was something like between 9 and 15 or something like that, different bidding groups. Um, So we don't know. We've heard mention of now Walton smith um the other dude that was a stand-up comic uh turned media mogul byron what was his name oh gosh it'll come back to me but and then the elway group and the peyton group that's what we know but there are more it there could be richer people i guess than walton but there aren't that many Ooh. richer people my grammar's not very good right now jeff bezos i mean freaking elon musk right that's about it
3: now, e- Elon's busy saving Twitter and Bezos is uh, busy running the Amazon Empire and he was never interested anyway uh, honestly if Walton wants it Walton's gonna get it and uh, they're they're tied to the cranky family Cronky the in Cronky, in Los An- Cronky, Cronky. whatever how you yeah. pronounce it in, in Los Angeles and that family the Walton family they already own I think the nuggets the Rockies it's just another Denver team
1: in its portfolio. Much more to get to here tonight, guys. We want to talk about also the four former Super Bowl 50 heroes that are still available out there on the free agent market. If the Broncos wanted to scratch and sniff, I see some great guesses in the chat on who it is. I know Todd, he's got three of the four. Peyton, or uh, pardon me, Philip Lindsay was not on the Super Bowl 50 squad. Broncos football, here we come. Six former Broncos, as written by yours truly, still languishing on the free agent market, all right? um let's get to this four of these guys Zach are of course from the Super Bowl 50 squad there's Philip Lindsay now it's kind of interesting what let me get rid of that it's kind of interesting that most of the names we're going to talk about on this list fit a prospective still kind of maybe not glaring need but just like you want to just kind of bolster it a little bit hedge a little bit on this Broncos roster we know the Broncos are looking to still add some depth at running back. Phillip Lindsay would make a lot of sense. Now, one thing I want to say, Zach, real quick, before we get in this disclaimer, this is not me pounding the table for any of these guys, all right? But if I were to pound the table for a guy on this list you're about to see, it would probably be Philip Lindsay, because in his three years with the club, he had 2,000-yard seasons and a Pro Bowl year. And the one year that he did not produce prolifically was the year he actually succumbed to some injuries, right? His final year before... The Broncos moved on. So Philip Lindsay, Zach Emmanuel Sanders still out there. All right, former, uh, of course Broncos, Niners, uh, Saints, Bills. Troy Fumagalli, he of the nine fingers. All right, now this is not a <laughs> Super Bowl fifty guy either, but Troy Fumagalli's out there. Uh, last team he's uh, he was on was the practice squad of the New England Patriots. We know the Broncos have been sniffing around tight ends. Hint, hint. Kyle Rudolph, uh, Matt Paradis. Now recovering from an ACLs act uh, suffered in week nine, but he's out there. All right. Malik Jackson, 16 game starter for the Cleveland Browns last year. You know, maybe not the pass rushing force from the inside that he was during his, uh, prime or during, let's say the Super Bowl 50 and subsequent two or three seasons in Jacksonville after that. But still you need some depth there because you look at what the Broncos currently have, uh, Draymond Jones, DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, uh, McTelvin Ajim, and then it drops off a cliff. So it would be nice to add add a veteran there for the D-line. Chris Harris Jr. And again, don't mistake this for me advocating for any of these guys, but another Super Bowl 50 uh star. All right. And then we get to Denver's original free agents from 2022 that are still out there, highlighted by, as you can see here in the picture, Alexander Johnson and this list right here. Zach, is there anyone on this list after how you've seen George Payton maneuver, what halt roster holes might remain? that you would be interested in the Broncos perhaps pursuing? Um,
3: Probably no one, if we're being honest. Malik Jackson kind of jumped out because the Broncos never really replaced Shelby Harris. DJ Jones is more of a DT than a DN, so Malik Jackson can offer the Shelby pass rushing upside, but some of these other players, Chris Harris Jr., Phillip lindsay if I had matches, I would light one right now because those bridges are burned. There's no way they're coming back to Denver, especially Phillip Lindsey because George Payton is the one that got rid of him. Maybe Kenny Young, if they're converting um, Baron Browning to outside linebacker, edge rusher, they need that dynamic sideline to sideline, inside off-ball guy. Uh, that's not Josie. That's not Alex Singleton. I would bring back Kenny Young maybe on a one-year uh 1 million dollar deal but they've you know Troy Fumagalli doesn't really do anything for me when you can bring in Kyle Rudolph or draft a guy at that spot the these guys are free agents for a reason put it that way
1: again if i had to if i had to you know if i could say you know what here's a here, we're budget a little bit of the salary cap dollars that are still available you can bring back one of these guys it would probably be Philip Lindsay and if not Lindsay it would be Malik Jackson. What do you guys think? Let us know in the chat. Let's grab Sam Bam. Thank you for that super chat, my bro. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach. It looks like the Broncos have a new high bidder for ownership. Is that right? So much uh, for my GoFundMe to raise $4 billion bills. Go Broncos. Yes, indeed. Rob Walton is now in the fray, and it's going to be interesting, Zach, to see how this thing resolves. The expectation is the bidding is going to be very, very soon, the initial bids. I don't know exactly the logistics of how that works is at one time like is, but I, I mean, cause I can't imagine Zach, it would be one bid. I would guess that in a bid, there are going to be maybe similar bids or close to, or even the same bids where you might have to come back to the table. If the top two bids are the same number, then you're going to have to bid again. You cut out everybody else and say, top two guys, you were the same bid again. I'm not sure exactly how this works. Cause Zach, it's so rare that an NFL team is actually sold James Webb. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. Great to see you. Yeah, you know, according to the
3: reporting though from the New York Post, Walton went from a potential bidder to the front runner to to buy the Broncos. So it seems like all things being equal right now, barring any surprises, that's your next owner of the Denver Broncos, part of the Walmart family, Rob Walton. It could happen very, very soon. It's looking like maybe before the season, it could be finalized.
1: Yes, indeed. Um let me see what's what else is on y'all's mind here. Ownership, I mean it's to me it's um don't care it's a relatively <laughs> boring subject but then you think well you've always had it good in denver you've always had a great owner these last you know since since pat had to step down of course notwithstanding but for 30 plus years you had a great owner of course you're not you feel like oh you know what does an owner do i mean look no further than the washington commanders in which poor bad character ownership can derail your club and cost your club. So, you know, I mean, worst case, Zach, it's a guy that comes in. uh, This is, I don't think a Walton guy would come in and spend that kind of money. I mean, this is going to be big time dollar, dollar, but Zeus, Zeus, hang tight. One sec, keep him right there, Scott. I don't think a guy would come in and spend that kind of money. $5 billion potentially just to add into the portfolio. Even though Rob Walton is a very, 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 very Uber, Uber, Uber wealthy cat. I think he would come in with the expectation of, you know, hey, we're the Walton family. Now we own an NFL team. Yes, that's another thing to put on the old uh, resume, as it were. But I think it would be, you know, to maybe not as active and involved as a Pat Bowen was as an owner. It's probably not going to be his number one thing. He wakes up in the morning and does every day. That would be the biggest thing probably, Zach, that concerns me is like, you know, is this your first focus or is this just a thing?
3: Right. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would want him to have at least a little interest in, in bettering the Broncos and be committed to that process. I do like his money, though. I mean, liquid cash on hand. Uh, he'd be the richest owner of the NFL. I think he's the 18th richest person in the freaking world. That would help when you're negotiating a contract like with Russell Wilson, where you're talking about paying him 45, 40 million dollars a year. Be nice to have an owner with cash on hand, but mostly You know, like Scott and I always talked about, I really don't care. I want this to go through already for Broncos country to to end this talking point and kind of like the embarrassment of the Broncos being an NFL franchise with no owner. I want to get that situated already. Hopefully Rob Walton, if he is the guy, he would use his money for good and kind of stay out of the way for the most part.
1: Yeah, according to this Business Insider piece here um – Walton, the Walt, the youngest son of Sam Walton is a cat named Jim Walton. So this is not Rob. He has a net worth estimated 69.6 billion, but when was this published? This guy has to be relevant. It's the first thing. So April 6 2022, number one, of course, Elon Musk Zeus real quick, dude, we have missed you. We love you. You uh, let me in on that little secret development that's going on in your life. Really, really cool. I won't spoil that in, unless you wish to in the chat, but Really cool development. You've been a busy, busy boy, which we understand. We're just stoked to have the face, the first face, I should say, etched on MHH. Mount Rushmore of the Super Chat superstars in the house.
3: Yeah, for anyone who doesn't know, this is Zeus McPeak, and he is pretty much our George Washington. He didn't found the podcast, but he founded the Super Chat superstars and their lore that goes along with them. So, so good to see you, Stu. And thank you again for your continued generosity. And
1: Michaela, Michaela Baum. As usual, right on time. Love you. Appreciate you. The Dutch is throwing down another face etched up there. She says, wouldn't Walton owning the Broncos be a conflict of interest being that his sister's marriage to Cronky? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the rules are on that, Zach. I really don't.
3: I think, if I remember correctly, I think it might have been Stan. He put one of the teams he owns in a relative's name because there is a conflict of interest. I don't think, though, uh, we would have heard about that by now. If Rob Walton was this potential bidder with $4 billion to blow, that there would be a conflict of interest. I think he maybe behind the scenes he got some approval from NFL figureheads that say, listen, if you want to bid on them, go ahead. It's all yours.
1: I'm still scrolling on this bad boy. Rob Walton is 19. Yeah, Rob Walton is 19. He is the oldest son of Sam Walton, so apparently not the same chip off the old block because his little brother, Jimmy, you know, he's got him by, let's see, almost $2 billion in terms of the old net worth. So, Rob, you better step your game up. Maybe that's, Zach, why he wants to buy the Broncos is he's like, dude, I got to find some way to eclipse baby brother here. Money more. What's good, dude? Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. Did you know two out of five MHH subscribers are irrefutable geniuses? I mean, hey, could be could be you, could be you. Hey, I don't know exactly what you're getting at here, but thank you for that super chat, Money Moore. You the man. Two out of five MHH uh, podcast
3: hosts as well are irrefutable geniuses. I'll leave that up to you guys to decide who it is. But Money, if that was a, um, a nice supportive comment, we appreciate you. If that was a combative comment, well, uh, let us know your beef. We'll try to figure it out.
1: Yeah, appreciate it though, dude. Seriously, <laughs> thanks for uh being in the chat. Much love and respect for supporting Zikaz. Uh the real Travis Scott throwing down a little super chat. Thank you, buddy. Do appreciate that. Straight up. Um, all right. So let me uh let me pull up the MHH homepage because there's been some there has been some news. I know you're working on a uh a piece, Zach, that is imminent on a draft visit, right? Is that what you're working on? It's yeah, it's up already. Here it is. Wait a minute. Not a draft prospect. Let's grab this. David, thank you, bro. What's going on? Appreciate you. Good to see you. Hashtag state of being indeed. We got to break down this uh, this piece of news that Zach's got for us here. Headline is, report Broncos eyeing Oklahoma edge rusher Isaiah Thomas. So, Zach, what do you know about this? I know the Draft Network's Justin Mello is the one who um, broke this, but what do you know? You know, I
3: can't say I'm an Isaiah Thomas super fan. I associate that name with NBA legend and not a random fifth-round prospect from Oklahoma. But let me tell you guys, I watched the film. The video is embedded in this article. He reminds me of a more explosive Demarcus Walker. He has the long arms, the pretty much identical arm length around the same height and weight a guy who's converting more than likely to outside linebacker in a three, four um, he can get after the quarterback, man. I would love for the Broncos after reading up on him to take a chance. He ran the 40 and 4.7 flat. As I wrote there, that's the second fastest time of any edge defender at the combine running the 40 who weighs 265 plus pounds. Um, he is second team, all big 12 last year. He had a lot of sacks and a lot of uh, forced fumbles. I really like him as a pairing with Randy Gregory because Gregory's uh, wheelhouse is sacks and forced fumbles, takeaways, being aggressive, getting the ball back for the offense. I feel like Thomas would thrive under Evero, whose mindset is just that. So, again, on day three, maybe the fourth, fifth, sixth, if he falls, this is the guy now I would love for the Broncos to uh,
1: take a flyer on. Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, edge remains one of those pesky needs that the Denver Broncos still kind of need to flush out and fill. I mean, if the stars align perfectly, they're probably going to be okay. You know, if Randy Gregory rehabs back in time and everything's good to go, um, you know, he's a guy that's going to give you somewhere between eight to 15 sacks potential, right? He's there. Same for Bradley Chubb. Problem is it's that that if, right? The if, and you could say that about any situation, you know, like even back during the Vaughn DeMarcus Ware days, hey man, if they stay healthy, well, those two guys, you didn't really have much cause or reason to worry that they wouldn't be available for your team. In this case, both Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, the two projected starters on the edge, they each have a troubling history of staying on the field. And with Gregory also get the off field stuff that might or could has the potential to complicate things behind them. It's Malik Reed, you know, arguably the NFL's number one try hard guy. Two years in a row, leads the team in sacks. Well, he almost did. Last year, I guess it was Shelby Harris that finished with the most sacks. Um, Jonathan Cooper, solid, but need to see more. Not a guy you hang your hat on in terms of planning your roster. You need one more body that you can count on and one that can conceivably, plausibly give you production in 2022.
3: I want to just pull up this real quick. I know I was a bigger fan of DeMarcus Walker than most, but that was actually a compliment because I feel like the Broncos ruined his development. Walker did a lot of solid things as a pass rusher, but if you don't want my comparison, take it from NFL.com's Lant Zerline, who compared Thomas to Josh Sweat who made the Pro Bowl with the Eagles last year. So maybe a potential Pro Bowl upside prospect as a fifth-round pick. I am all for that. What I like about him, if you play a 4-3 on any given down, he can be uh, hand in the dirt like a Shelby Harris. You go to a 3-4, he can play stand-up, a la an edge rusher. So I really like this guy a lot. Isaiah Thomas, got to keep in mind in the uh, later
1: rounds. And by the way, on the subject of draft, guys, I hope you have been – hang tight one sec, Shane, we're going to grab you – 30 seconds is all, my friend. Uh, I hope you guys have been bookmarking the draft tab here at milehuddle.com because you want to get to know the 2022 NFL draft class, especially the top 100 prospects. You got to be checking out the work Eric Trickle's doing, finding Broncos, Lance Sanderson helping him out there too. Of course, we get a lot of draft analysis and coverage on the podcast, especially with Scott and Nick and Carl, Eric Lance, <clears throat> pardon me, and Luke. Uh, But these articles, guys, I tell you what, this is no lie. This is how guys like Zach and I, we learn up about the 2022 or each draft class because we don't have as much time to spend scouting the draft as we would like to in a perfect world because we're doing this stuff with y'all every single day. Go check out these articles. They are very illuminating. Shane the Aviator, what's good, bro? Thank you for the super... He says, "With a new owner, would you all be open to new uniforms, logos, and stadium?" I would definitely be open to the whole. St- I'd be open, Zach, to it all. I'm usually open to pretty much anything. Doesn't mean that I'm going to do it, but I'm open. I'll listen. You know, present the option, present the opportunity, and I'll listen. But I still have a again, like I told you, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. And the Broncos, all of their biggest successes as a club have come since they had that new helmet that started in 97. You know, I think the jersey color thing is interchangeable. I don't worry so much about is orange your primary home or is it the blue, whatever. But there's just a little bit of, I don't know, there's a little bit of that that bothers me. A new stadium, though, the Broncos are getting close. If they want to keep up with, you know, the cutting edge, Zach, of the NFL, this is another thing Joe Ellis talked about at the owners' meetings a couple weekends back that time's a coming where Denver as a city is going to have to uh, come to the table and negotiate with whoever that new owner is to maybe start looking at prospect of a new stadium.
3: I I would hope they can renovate the stadium before they find a new place to play, because that's iconic. I mean, that's, You really can't replicate the magic you have at Empower Field or Sports Authority Field, whatever you want to call it, on any given year. It's mile-high stadium, so I would prefer that to remain in place. I don't think that's an imminent move worth making. I wouldn't mind maybe a logo like I'm wearing as a throwback or incorporate the throwback colors, but I'm a traditionalist at heart. I want the Broncos to remain as is. Focus on winning. That's more important than any stadium name change, logo change, uniform change. Just put a freaking winning product on the field. That's all that matters.
1: Lawrence Rivera, what's good, bro? Thank you for the super. He says, uh, would that mean real NFL (laughs) jerseys will be sold in Walmart? Who's to say, dude? Who's to say? But yeah, probably not the cheap Chinese ones that are versions of facsimiles of uh, true Jersey.
3: I hate Walmart, man. I don't know about you, but like I just get skeeved out walking in there. I'm I'm not a Walmart purveyor, so
1: my family. How how can I put this? We look at other options first when it comes to uh, grocery shopping and whatnot, local uh, type options. Uh, Lawrence, what's going on again, bro? So has Garrett Bowles solidified his spot again, or is he someone we could trade? He's always you know, I mean, very few guys are untouchable, untradable. See Miller Vaughn, 2021. Um, usually it's the quarterback, but this last this last cycle man has even flipped that on its ear, right? How many trades? And by the way, what the heck's gonna happen with Baker Mayfield? That's neither here nor there. But Garrett Bowles, look, if you had a position, if if you were dealing Zach here from a position of strength, where you had a Garrett Bowles and like a round one prospect, left tackle primary only guy waiting in the wings. You could afford to be a little loosey-goosey with checking the trade market and interest on one Garrett Bowles, but beggars can't be choosers. And the Broncos, one of the promises they've made to Russell Wilson is you're going to be protected. No more running for your life all the time. No more having to even mention, I'm tired of getting hit so much in the press. We've got you. we got a all-pro left tackle for you. We got a bunch of high-round drafted guys inside, some big-time salary cap dollars spent on a Graham Glasgow. We've got you. Yeah, when Garrett's good, I mean,
3: he has that, as you mentioned, all-pro upside. When he's bad, boy, is he pretty bad. And he's uh, replacement level when he's bad. The Broncos have to hope they get more good than bad under the new OL coach, Butch Berry. I wouldn't look to trade him and create another hole. You're It's the one position on the O-line you're pretty much comfortable with, maybe except for right guard. But... If it wasn't for Russell Wilson, Garrett Bowles would have the highest cap number on the books for 2022. He is a very expensive left tackle, and I feel like no more excuses for Garrett now. He has a franchise quarterback, a loaded offense. When you're making that much money, you better perform like someone making that much money. He better be a top five left tackle this year. I'll put it that
1: way. David Wilder. Appreciate you, my friend. Did Melvin Gordon get signed by Baltimore? I read the Ravens were interested. Yeah, they've talked to him. They've shown an interest. Um, I was away from the computer for maybe an hour before we went live, Zach. So unless something has changed from you know 5 p.m. local time till when we went live, he's still available. But they are kicking the tires on Melvin Gordon, the, the Ravens.
3: Man, they're a really running back, needy team. And what does it say that they can't close the deal with Melvin? I don't know what's going on there behind the scenes. If he overvalues himself or he's expecting more money than he's being offered. We heard $2.5 for one year is his market value. So we'll see what happens there. I thought it'd be a a, a sure fit. But the longer he remains a free agent, the likelier he may come back to Denver on a one-year deal. So, yeah, I've heard nothing else about that.
1: Uh, John, thank you for the uh, support on Facebook, my friend. Good to see you. Thanks for taking a chance. That's a uh, formidable mustache, by the way, my friend props, Phil. What's good, buddy. He says Bezos. The Amazon owner is estimated to be worth 120 billion. Either guys, Walton, uh, etc., would be great only because money available for future players, especially paying Wilson in the future. Good point. Yep. Let's ride right, indeed. And you know, that's the thing people, there's, there's two things to keep in mind. One, all NFL teams are constrained by whatever the salary cap is each and every year. But where owners can, um, you know, who is the owner of the team can kind of separate and help is cash on hand. The Bolins purportedly, uh, s- especially since uh, Pat became, um, I don't know what what's the word for it, Unavailable. Let me just put it that way. And then, of course, he passed. In that era, purportedly, the Broncos have started running low on cash. What does cash do for you? Well, when you sign a free agent to a deal, let's say, for an example, and that signing bonus is X amount of dollars. Yeah, it's going to cost X that whatever as deferred over the salary cap by whatever years you're baking into it or whatever. But when they sign, it's called a signing bonus for a reason. You got to have that cash on hand, dude you got to have it ready to go. And so there's a lot of accounting um, stuff that goes into play there, but the bottom line is owners can dictate how much cash is on hand. And, of course, it all has to work within the salary cap and all that, but not every owner is created equal in that sense. The salary cap is a leveling, you know, does level the playing field to an extent, but it's one of the reasons why some of these bigger market teams with the richer owners like the Cowboys, like Washington, et cetera, why they're able to – Some some free agents will sign – you know, With Washington, for example, and you're going, really? Why are you going there? Well, the signing bonus money was legit, and it was there today.
3: Yeah, Phil, I made this point earlier about Russell Wilson's contract and having a super, super rich owner that would, can only help the Broncos in that scenario. And if they want to renovate the stadium like we talked about a few minutes ago, they can do that if he's committed to the process. I just want to know. Who is this guy? What is his intention? What's his motive in buying the Broncos? Is it a portfolio enhancer, or does he have legitimate interest in bettering this franchise? I want the latter for this team, and I hope his uh, his goals align with that.
1: Here it is. He's uh, making the the news public. Zeus McPeak. It's official. He says, "I'm moving back to Denver." Right. So when we first met Stu, he was living in the Pacific Northwest. Then he moved to Texas for his job. Now he's moving back to the mecca baby that's cool. Uh congrats my friend Garrett and congrats to you as well dude. Uh thanks for continuing to listen and watch even though you can't be with us live. But you're getting engaged. I'm getting engaged next month. How do you you plan that you're getting engaged? You're engaged or you're getting married next month? How does that work? Do you plan with with a with a girl to hey honey, what do you think? Let's let's get engaged next month. Is that how it works? Cuz I don't know. That's interesting, my friend, but either way, congratulations, big dog for real. That is cool.
3: Maybe he's he's proposing right now. live. That was his way of proposing.
1: We don't know, but congratulations either way, Garrett. That's super awesome. And uh, thank you for sharing. Get, uh, if you get down on one knee, big dog, send us that clip. All right. We'll want to see it. Yo, Corey H throwing down. Thank you, Corey. Top rope. Corey, you should come on the podcast sometime, dude. Check your sketch. April's pretty booked up on our Wednesdays, but May's open. So if you got a Wednesday available to you in uh, the month of May, shoot us an email, milehighhuddle at gmail, and let's book it, my friend. Thank you for your support. He says, I have to admit, I was starting to get nervous about ownership going to some sort of consortium with shallow pockets. But Walton is exactly what we need. Deep pockets." And I like that he's older and maybe thinking of winning sooner rather than later. So is that Corey stoked on this prospect?
3: If he cares about winning, if he prioritizes winning, I mean, he can want the Broncos again as a shiny toy and he wouldn't care if they went 0-17 or 17-0. That's what I'm talking about. It's nice to have the richest owner in the NFL, the 19th richest person on the planet owning the franchise, but I want... I want him to help the Broncos get better and stay better. I don't want it to just be a plaything that he has on the side.
1: I gotta do this. That's what she said. If you're not watching, if you're not watching live, you won't get that. But love you, Mike. How you doing, Michael? Michael, by the way, works at Walmart, been there what, 17, 18 years, something like that. So he's going, yeah, it's all one. Family thing. I work for Walmart. Walmart's going to own the Broncos. Let's go. Michael's about to be a part owner. Yeah, dude. (laughs) Appreciate you. Okay. Let me see here. Where are we at? We're at 34 minutes. We're doing okay. We're doing okay. Um, The Duchess throwing down super chat. Number two on the night. Just how she do. Love you. She says, when will Russell Wilson's contract be extended and would it be better to do it now rather than next year? Yeah. It's like the same principle of as gas continues to go up and whatnot, you know, fill up your tank as often as you can because it can save you, you know, it might only be a few cents or whatever, but if you fill up today at four, you know, 75 or you choose not to, you could have filled up today at four seventy-five and you waited two more days till it was officially on E the car. And now it's, you know, four eighty-two or whatever. That's me. <laughs> hey, but it's the same principle. So, Value for quarterback contracts, in other words, Michaela is continuing to climb, and it will always continue to climb. So I think once they get through the draft, uh, they're going to sit down and probably try to hammer something out on a long-term extension for Russell Wilson because, number one, it keeps him warm and fuzzies, keeps that feeling going that he's loved, he's wanted, this is his new home, uh, recognizes him for what he's about to bring to the table. But it also is in Denver's best interest, not only because it locks him in, but you can get him you know whatever the value of quarterback is today it's going to be cheaper than what it is this time next year
3: plus you can lower the salary cap hit for this year and in uh, future years by spreading it out so yeah it's in the broncos best interest to work that out even though there's no rush but at 35 a year he's I hate to say it, he's underpaid for a quarterback. When you have Deshaun Watson getting fifty a year, it all takes another team like that making a boneheaded decision. And then you have to you know replicate that market value. So yeah, it would like just like paying Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick a year early. Look what happened with the wide receiver market now. It would behoove Denver to get that done with Wilson, and I think it will just it's gonna take some time.
1: By the way, Russ's uh let's see if I can pull this up real quick. I don't know how. Hang tight one sec. But Russell Wilson, Zach, as you covered for us over the weekend, delivered uh, what he says is the first of many deep balls as a uh, Broncos quarterback. This is cool. That one's mine. I'll trade you. I'll trade gonna... you, Rob. Oh, here it goes. Yeah. Tutty. Tutty. <laughs> Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't know if you guys, in case you missed it, you know what I'm saying. Uh, go ahead, Zach. No, I was going to say the next day he was at uh, the the Rockies game and the season opener throwing out the
3: first pitch. Steve right, Yeah, right down the middle. There was a video, though, of him sitting courtside. He was interviewed, and the crowd went wild. And as I tweeted, you know, you think Broncos country is happy to finally have a freaking quarterback they can call their franchise guy?
1: I'm so happy for the city of Denver, man. David Wilder again. One thing is a must, in my opinion. The team must remain in Denver, no matter who the new owner is. Sometimes a new owner decides to move a team for whatever reason. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that, David, because, <clears throat> you know, in the grand scheme of things, Denver is probably still considered, you know, smaller market team. But Colorado, man, it's uh growing like crazy. We got people coming in from all over the fruit of plain, especially California. And so when there's that much money and it's money, like money's coming into call, you don't want, why would you, you don't need to move the team. Uh, Andrew Lampy, what's good, bro? Thank you for the stars. Any new owner is a scary proposition to me. The unknown makes us all wary. But I wanted one owner with bottomless pockets so the Walmart dude fits the mold. Yeah, there's a lot to like about the prospect of such a, a wealthy owner with that volume, that number of resources. I mean, it just puts the Broncos even more with a foot forward kind of going into this new era.
3: Yeah. I was going to say to this point, be careful what you wish for because you just might get it. Everyone's talking about how bad the Broncos are without an owner. Well, maybe the next guy is worse than having no owner, no owner at all. And I think Walton, if as long as he has, um, pure, motives and buying the Broncos. I think it'll benefit them at least financially, monetarily, but I want to vet him a little more to see what he's made of, you know?
1: Yeah. We There's just money. Need, we need this thing to uh, mosey, man. We need it to move on to the next phase. We need to get some clarity for Broncos country. Andrew Baker. What's good, bro. He says, it's nice to finally debate about players other than quarterback. We can't have superstars at every position, but Russ, the Russ effect will have everyone stepping up. That's what a franchise quarterback does, Zach, is he is the tide that raises all ships.
3: And yeah, now we're debating you know, whether the Walmart dude is a good owner for the Broncos. I just hope that resolves itself soon because
1: it gets repetitive after a while. Rodney, evening, guys. Hope you all are having a good day. Thank you. You too. I agree with Zach. I just want us to win but I would like the Broncos to rock the blue jerseys more often for home games. Yeah. I want to say that changed. Was it 2012? Was that the year it changed when Peyton came? They went from blue being primary home. I think it was sometime during the Manning era. It might've been year one, but it was sometime might've been 13 actually, now that I think about it, but either way it changed to orange. They've kept it that way. Um, I'm partial to the blues. I like the orange. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you think Broncos, you think orange. That's the first thing, orange and blue, you know, it's not blue and orange. It's orange and blue, but there's something about to me, the, the, the helmet 97 helmet on and that design with the blue Jersey and the white pants or the white pants. I guess I don't, that's the, that's the uniform combi I like the most, but it could be even better. Zach, especially when it applies to the, uh, color Rush uniforms. I love that Color Rush helmet with, that has the D on it like this, um, with the darker blue. I just don't like it where it's all the same color, same color jersey, same color pants. Can't you mix that up a little? Or is you know the NFL got to be that stingy and mandating how Color Rush needs to shake out on the TV broadcast?
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I like the uh, blue tops if you have white pants, but the all blues. I don't know. They don't jibe well too, uh, too much for me. I am I think the all-whites are the cleanest look they have. It's just with the blue as a secondary color, as a trim, I really like that a lot. So whatever they want to do, as long as – I don't care if they play in pink tutus. Just win some football. <laughs>
1: what it boils down to. Amen. All right, let's see here. We've got – Cottonmouth, 78, in the house. What's good, bro? Thank you for the super. I figured out why Javante Williams is so good, he says. He wears 33, and we all know who wore 33 for the Polk High Panthers. Four TDs in one game, baby. We're talking Al Bundy on this podcast, okay? We're talking married with children, Polk High. Let's not forget about this legend, this myth. Dude. Dude. Nice, nice reference, Cottonmouth. You bring a smile to my face. Zach's probably too young to remember Married with Children. No, I see. I was
3: very young when the show was on TV and popular. I was going to say it was actually really, really funny, really underrated. And it got overshadowed in the same era as Seinfeld, which was a mega show. But Married with Children, man, that's actually pretty funny. Anyone
1: who hasn't seen it, I would go back and watch some of the episodes. He's hilarious. That is the best way to describe it. Underrated while it was on. You know, it's like... It's a similar thing to uh, a lot of different movies and shows, but especially movies like The Big Lebowski as an example. When that movie came out, it was a relative flop in terms of, you know, it didn't do well in the box office. No one knew what it was about. There were no, like, megastars in it, and it kind of came and went. But then when it hit the old, uh, you know, blockbuster and the Hollywood videos, this is back then in the late 90s, whatever, it all of a sudden became a cult classic, and, and now it's a revered movie. Same thing with Married with Children for whatever reason, while it was on, maybe it's because it was on Fox at the time. Fox wasn't on the same level as the other big networks or whatever, but underrated, underrated married with children, big fan.
3: Yeah. If anyone likes Larry David and that kind of humor, I think you'd like a uh, Bundy. Very funny.
1: And that's why when my kids started watching modern family, I was like, if, you know, I'm not big on, I know it's not exactly a sitcom, uh, but it is, I don't know how you would define modern family, but, I'm not really into watching that stuff very much nowadays, but as soon as I saw that uh, Bundy was in it, what's his name? Ed, uh, what's his real name? Ed something. Anyway, um, I was was all in. All right, Naj, what's good, bro? Dude, I don't know if you've seen this, Naj, but your appearance on the Huddle Up podcast, people were stoked. People were really excited about you coming on the show. So we got to get you on again this summer sometime, bro. He says, hey, brothers, Fangio. Did do well scheming through injuries and keeping the defense competitive for the most part. Are there any coaching holdovers left on defense? My greatest concern on defense is depth because of our unjustly history. That's a good word for it. Um, Let's see. Bill Collar stayed on as a consultant of some sort. So Col- Collar's here, but he spans VJ. He spans uh Wade Phillips. He came here the same year they brought in Wade when Kube was hired. But I'm trying to think, Zach. Oh, Chris Parker, CD, you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's it on defense. Yeah,
3: Herring was let go. Um, they pretty much cleared out that side of the ball. They brought in a lot of uh, different first-time coaches under Evero. But as long, Kalar was a big one to have because, like you said, his experience and the fact that his expertise is so good and uh, he's really respected by the players in that locker room. So I'm happy they kept him around. And for continuity, they did bring aboard Dom Capers. So he's like the older one in the room who has experience, former head coach. Fangio uh,
1: Qu- mentor, by the way, coordinated
3: with the Packers. So there's the, the uh, carryover from green Bay as well. I think they'll be okay there.
1: Yeah. That, so when we talk about the different, like Brandon Staley springing off the Fangio tree Fangio in part, anyway, springs off the Dom Capers tree. I mean, Dom Capers is old dude, 70 something. He's in his upper seventies. If I'm not mistaken, I can't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it's in the seventies. The dude's got Fangio by a good decade, decade and a, and a half. So, um, but you know what? I think Fangio, in all fairness, Naj, and no offense, you know I love you, big dog. I think Fangio, his defense in Denver was overrated. And I know that he was didn't have the complement of an offense to help kind of put pressure on opponents and, and take some of the pressure off the defense. But my biggest complaint with Fangio, the three, let's see, 1920, 21, three years he was in Denver was... Lack of sacks, lack of affecting the quarterback, and you had some legit rushers. Even you know, even though Fangio didn't get a C full season with a Vaughn and Chubb together, right? the last time and only time that happened was 18, it was off and on. So one year you had Vaughn, one year you had Chubb, one year. So it's not like he was bereft of edge-rushing opportunities or talent up front. So lack of pressure, Zach, lack of takeaways. You have a ball hawk like Justin Simmons, and we're not – and. Patrick Sertan scratching the surface Yes, uh, last year, I guess, too. But that and then crunch time. When the chips were down, you needed that stop to get off the field. So how much did all that scheming to um, overcome injury, did it really serve the team in the final analysis? I don't know. Let me make two points. I got two points I want to make, okay? In terms of offense,
3: you mentioned he he, was he did that to himself, he hired Pat Shermer. He's the one that started <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. He set himself in that situation. And again, to your point about edge rushers, it's all excuses. If you're a defensive mastermind, as he prided himself on being, you can make hay with you or I out there at outside linebacker, Chad. He had talent on that defense, and everyone either stagnated or took a step back under his tutelage. Oh, that felt
1: good. Okay. I would say the one guy. Like, if we were to say who were individuals – who are Fangio's like success stories? I'd say Justin Simmons really took a massive step forward in Fangio's scheme. Uh, you could maybe say Alexander Johnson, but he's still languishing on the open market. Like he's still unsigned. He's still out there. Hmm. Every inside
3: linebacker looked good under him, so I don't, I wouldn't say it's just AJ. I mean, even Jonas Griffith looked good under Vic, but no one was a true star. Shelby was a guy I was thinking, Chad. He got a new contract, and then he dipped out last year. So if yeah. we're struggling to think of one more player that thrived under defensive mastermind
1: quote unquote, what does that say? Indeed, Phil guys, any <sighs> inside linebackers coming available in the draft would love to see some depth. Also Zach is wearing the colors. I love, yeah, there's some really good options, some really good options this year at off ball linebacker. Um, it's just a matter of where do the Broncos prioritize that in the draft? Um Chad Muma, the Wyoming linebacker, has had a lot of links, I guess, to the Broncos. He's supposed to be coming to visit. He may have come this weekend, but I think it's this week that he's coming to do a, a workout. So there's some great talent in this class. If the Broncos are really wanting one of those guys, I think they're, they'll have a really good chance to stock up.
3: Something I've realized though, I've been pounding the table hard for an inside linebacker. I don't think Josie or Alex Singleton are long-term starters, but under Evero and in today's NFL, you don't really need two inside linebackers. Your base is going to be pretty much nickel or sub packages. So you know, a lot of four-two-five looks on defense. I mean, I mean, you're going to have different combinations where maybe they can get away with not having a true superstar inside linebacker. But I still address that area. Fairly early in the draft this month.
1: Um, <clears throat> pardon me. Throwing some names out at you. All right. This is how it's ranked by most people. It's not exact perfect across the board, but most people view Devin Lloyd, number one from Utah, uh, Nicobe Dean, the Georgia linebacker. Both those guys are going to be out of Denver's reach. Chad Muma. All right. He might be there, but he also could end up going before pick 64. The Broncos would maybe have to trade up Zach to land him. Uh, Christian Harris from Alabama, uh, Channing Tindall from Georgia, Quay Walker from Georgia, Brandon Smith, Penn State, um, Brian Asamoa from Oklahoma, Leo Chanel from Wisconsin, and then Troy Anderson from Montana State, who absolutely lit up the senior bowl. Chase, what's good, bro? Do you think there's a chance they bring back the D, as you can see on, on Zach's hat? I hope I love this logo. I would
3: be all for it, maybe not permanently, but like if you can rotate it every other week or a couple weeks a month or so. I really like this this color scheme, this logo, but I also like the Broncos' current color
1: scheme and current logos. Is there a chance? I guess, but I don't see it happening. I really don't. Um, but it would be cool though to see it worked more in, but the NFL's rules on uniform changes and how often different uniforms can be used. It's so boring. I mean, that's one thing that they could really do to, I think, I mean, they're already the 800-pound gorilla in terms of commanding the most um, viewer scrutiny, teams selling out stadiums, you know, all that stuff. The NFL is no no other league comes close, so they don't really feel like they need to innovate so much on that side of things. But I think they're missing the forest for the trees here, Zach, because if you were a little bit more loosey-goosey, Uh, when it comes to helmet design, logos, jersey combinations, this and that, and just left it up to team discretion within reason, like have some kind of, I don't know, pre before the season, it has to be approved by the NFL, whatever merchandising could go through the roof, man. The NFL could make even more money if they were smart about it, but they're, uh, the closest thing we've gotten to that Zach is they started uh, doing the color rush thing a few years back and whatever hype that came with that initially, the excitement that brought something different seems like that's uh, that water has passed well under the bridge.
3: Well, putting Roger Goodell and smart in the same sentence is never a successful proposition, Chad, but in my mind, like they have bigger fish to fry than worrying about logos or uniforms. They haven't been to the playoffs in six years. They've been irrelevant for more than half a decade, put a winning product on the field first and everything else uh, is secondary indubitably
1: hey what's good sheldon brown thank you for that super chat he says what's up guys from south carolina you see broncos country it's not a geographic location baby state of being that's what it is it's wherever you are And sheldon he's in uh, south carolina so what's good bro
3: south kakalacky south South
1: represent appreciate you um okay let's see what else we got howie freaking day what's up bro good to see you appreciate you By the way, I guess I should, before we run out of time here tonight, give you guys an update on where things stand on the Facebook contest. In the month of April, we're trying to reach 250,000 stars. When we do, we're going to raffle off a Broncos jersey of the winners choosing and the only people in the running for that, of course, are those who contributed to the goal. More tickets in the hat, better the odds are of winning. Right now, Zach, we are 10 days into this month, so we're, I don't know, We'll call it thirty percent of the way into the month, but we're only thirteen percent to goal. So just FYI, we're uh, we're going to need to step it up if we're going to raffle something off. But nevertheless, Howie, thank you, bro. It's great to see you. Thank you, Howie. All righty, um, fifty-three minutes. We're about out of time, so let me just take a quick gander in the chat here uh, before we get out of your Burning topics. What about? Oh yes, the YouTube. Thank you. Let me let me look this up real quick. Zach, if you want to grab something here, I'll pull this up for you. you
3: know, I'm scrolling through here to see if I can find any uh, relevant questions or comments. A lot of Vic bashing, which makes my heart happy because he was a fraud, in my opinion, as a DC for the Broncos. And I think they'll be better under Evero. But I saw someone said the same thing that Simmons never really stepped forward under Fangio. He kind of stagnated. You're all pro pro bowl talent. You're going to blossom even when you're kept down. And if he played for a better coach that
1: utilized him to his strengths, he would have been even better than he was. I don't know if I agree with that stagnation Simmons. I mean, maybe this year, past year, um, you know, he got off to a real slow start and then bounced back, but he just, uh, and you don't know in, in your defense of your argument, Zach, you don't know how much of Simmons immersion from 19 through 21 is due to the Fangio effect because he was so misused under VJ. I mean, he was hardly used that last year that Gary was the head coach. And then Gary steps down. VJ, man, he ran him ragged. That last year VJ was in Denver. Justin Simmons ended up starting at every position in the defensive backfield. I mean, this dude didn't know which way was up. And then Fangio comes in and says, no, we're playing you free safety. We're going to specialize, you know, let's go. And ended up taking a step forward. Shocker. Instead of being asked to be a Swiss Army knife, you know, band aid over bullet hole game in and game out, he got to focus on his one responsibility and it came out in the wash. Zach, here is the rankings for Super Chat. Guys, the same. It's a similar contest, only on Super Chat. We take the top five finishers cumulatively at the end of April. Those names go in a hat equally. Boom, draw one name, get a jersey. And then we always try to. Um, Throw in a little something-something for those who maybe just finished outside the top 5 too. maybe a little care package, something like that. But the rankings, Ethan at the top right now. Pardon me, DWI, guys. The Duchess at 2. Tom at 3. Tom has really, like, shouldered his way into this thing. Nash, the 5th, has leapfrogged a few people to get to number 4 currently. And then Sam Bam at 5. Love seeing that. Dale's at 6. KB is at 7. Cottonmouth is rising. Uh, Andrew, you see some of the names here. So there's there's your update on uh, the Super Chat rankings for the month of April. But with that, Zach, I think it's time for us to bounce out. We do have to go, but I want to give you three words to your Simmons argument,
3: your counter argument, yeah. Sam Darnold touchdown. That's the case against Justin there. But thank you all for a very, so very, bad. as always, entertaining podcast. And we appreciate you. Every, everyone tuning in hope you had a great weekend we're back tomorrow night same time same place six o'clock mountain eight o'clock eastern until that time follow us on twitter at huddle Up pod you can follow the main account for all your Broncos and Russell Wilson news, analysis, rumors, transactions, and more at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want to have, like Chad's wearing, any of our merch, it's right there at uppod.com. New merch on the way very, very soon. And also, guys, Facebook.com slash Mile Huddle Pod. Like that page. Be sure to follow that page. And, guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win. Could be a hat, could be a shirt, each and every month. But we get it. If you can't do those things, please, guys, do these three things. really helps the channel grow. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. Like I said, it really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
1: Thank you, guys. Appreciate you doing that. Really, we do. Shout out to these great supporters on Facebook tonight. Howie freaking Day throwing down on top. Tied with Andrew Baker, tied with Andrew Lampy tonight. Much love to you three. David Wilder, love you. Phil, John, Rodney, Lawrence, much love and respect to all of you. And then our great Super Chat superstars tonight, deserving of an individual shout-out, the DWI guys. Ethan, what's up? Sam Bam, James Webb, Zeus, the real Travis Scott in the house. Moneymore, the Duchess, the Aviator, Shane Daniels, Corey H., Cottonmouth78, Naj throwing down. Chase Wellner, Sheldon Brown. Much love and respect. Catch Broncos for breakfast on the Bright. And Zach and I will see you same time tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have a great rest of your
3: Sundays. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
2: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.